Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Once again, the Bays team is the best team, the Golden State Warriors. The dubs are back, baby. The dubs are back. And the Golden State Warriors, since the All-Star break, 4-1. and one. Brandon Kitties here on a brand new edition of Strength in Numbers. They knock off the LA Clippers last night, 115-91. After trailing by a high of 12 points from the LA Clippers, they come back and win it. And they sit at 5th in the Western Conference. And dare I say, last night's win makes it seem like the Golden State Warriors have gotten their swagger back. Think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. Not only are the dubs 33 and 30 and fifth in the Western Conference, but it is the first time this season that this rendition of this Warriors team have sat three games above 500, which is just crazy to think of with what's happened, a mediocre mediocre team the entire season. What a great performance last night by Jordan Poole. We'll break that down. Jonathan Kaminga's performance and his emergence, as well as Klay Thompson's big rebounding game. But something worth noting, the Warriors, of course, they had a great comeback a couple days beforehand at Chase Center against the Portland Trailblazers. A 123-105 to victory by the Golden State Warriors against the Blazers. And in that contest, they were down by double digits at halftime too. They were down as large as 23 points. And a neat stat for you all listening. The Warriors came back from 12 down last night, 23 the game before. And they became the first team in modern shot clock era to come back from double-digit halftime deficits and win a game by 15-plus points in back-to-back -back games. Man, that was a word full there. That was a lot of information in the process. But basically, they're the comeback kids. And the Golden State Warriors, this second-half team, when are they going to flip the switch? Well, they're riding a four-game winning streak. They only lost to open up this second half of the season, if you want to call it after the All-Star break, to the LA Lakers. That's the game where Draymond got injured, missed the following game. But since then, they've been rolling four games in a row, and we'll break it all down. But first, we have to get to our sponsors here in Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to the UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. 
Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. The star of the show against the Clippers was no other than Jordan Poole. 34 points for Poole Party, 9 of 20, 5 of 12 from beyond the arc with 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. And man, what a third quarter for Jordan Poole, helping the Warriors come back in this contest. Scored 22 of his 34 points alone in that third quarter. It was an impressive show of maturity for Jordan Poole, in my opinion. During this game in the first half, Jordan Poole driving to the rim. He jacked up a couple of three-pointers that missed, and he was kind of forcing it, driving into the lane. Was frustrated later on in the game as well, but especially early of him not getting the foul calls at the rim. He missed a couple of bunnies, but Second half made that adjustment. If those threes weren't going in, he was able to go inside. And as simple as that sounds is working on the inside, going to the outside. It's something I've been reiterating that I'd like to see from Jordan Poole since this podcast started. But last night was really that display for Jordan Poole. He was able to make that switch fast. And for some reason, and I want to hear you guys and your comments and thoughts on this, you can hit me up on Twitter at B-C-A-D-I-Z-0. You can hit up our podcast page on Twitter at dubs underscore strength. But my point here is Jordan Poole, it seemed like he was jacking up way more three-pointers that were missed or looked like bad shots. But when you look at the box score, he only went 5 of 12 from beyond the arc, which was excellent. Now, Steve Kerr spoke to this post game, and we'll play the sound after this, but it felt like Jordan Poole was jacking up a lot of bad threes, but they were actually pretty good misses, in my opinion. You know, some were short, he was open, you know, a couple fadeaway threes, but Jordan Poole's maturity and shot selection has been something that still gives Steve Kerr a little bit of doubt, and... You know, it's similar to Stephen Curry and his oh no shots. Let's see what head coach Steve Kerr had to say on Jordan Poole. Steve, there was a uh, a famous moment in your career where Steph shoots a three. I think it's the Clippers, and you're like, what are you doing? Look like you're pulling your head out. He made it, but it was just like those moments. Fast forward now, does that, did that help you prepare you for Jordan? And kind of those, <laughs> like, do, do you still have those thoughts, or it's like, eh, you've been doing this for No, a while. I still have those thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think the game has changed so much that, uh, and I think, to be honest, I think Steph and Clay um, helped spur that change. You know, when I first became coach, that that moment that you referenced was probably a couple of months into the season. All I could, for the first two months, all I could hear in my head were, you know, Lute Olson and and uh, Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich telling, you know, telling me that's a terrible shot. That's a terrible shot. And you know, at that point, I looked at the stats and Steph was shooting 42% and Clay was shooting 41%. I said, okay, that's that's a good shot uh, for those guys. Uh, since then, it's like the whole league is, is shooting those shots. And it's not necessarily a great shot for everybody. Um, and I don't necessarily think a lot of those shots are great for Jordan. Um, all you have to do is look at percentages to know whether something's a good shot or not. And so... What I love about Jordan is he's still evolving. He's still growing. And we've spent a lot of time talking about efficiency and 
uh, what's the best way to attack. He has incredible speed. And so we're trying to help him use the speed to create easier shots for himself and everybody else instead of, you know, just settling for, you know, some of those long, difficult shots. And it's still a work in progress. But, you know, if you want to shoot 42% from three, you get to shoot any shot you want. Um, but you could better shoot 40, 40, 42%. And that's um, not many players can do that. Interesting comments there by Steve Kerr to close it out. Agreed with his points there. Jordan Poole, his ability to out-dribble, just outrun, fast pace and open court and transition has plagued him a bit with those turnovers we saw early on in the season. But he hasn't been able to slow it down, and especially these last two games, these crucial games now where it comes down to the last 19 games of the season. Jordan Poole's ability to know when to score, when to make the right decision has been on display in these past two games, and especially last night. It, he, it looked like he had his best game I think I would argue this entire season last night, and it was a big display there against the LA Clippers, struggled early and then exploded in that third quarter, not only for him, but for the team overall. And I have to address the emergence so far of Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson has been amazing. You know, we know the stats that have been spewed on pre and post and even Bob Fitzgerald during the game of Klay Thompson's ability to score in January and February, when you look at the numbers since the calendar turned, Clay Thompson is an entirely new player on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, he's still working to ramp up and get to his old pace, old form. And he's not going to get to his old form in defending. And we all have to understand that coming off the knee, coming off the um, Achilles or whatever tendon it was that he injured the most recent summer. My point here is that Clay Thompson knows that he has to adjust his game and get to the point of being able to play as a three. And we've seen him now play a lot as a three whenever Steph Curry comes back into this lineup. And another side note is, are we going to see Jordan Poole in the starting lineup? Before Steph Curry went out, we remember Steve Kerr, a couple of games, put Looney on the bench. They went small and put Draymond Green at the center position. How's all that going to click? But basically my point here is that Klay Thompson last night might not have had his best scoring game of the season. He finished with 19 points and, you know, his stat line was good overall shooting Three for eight from beyond the arc, seven of 16, nothing too spectacular there. But the number on the box score that stood out was his 11 rebounds. And that's season high for Clay Thompson in a regular season. And I think it's also his career high in a regular season game. But I want to address here is that this is his first double-double since December of 2017. And no, that is not a typo and clay thompson you'll hear some sound here from the man himself clay thompson on his ability to rebound and how he plans to keep on doing this uh you had a career high 11 rebounds how does that in regular season how does that make you uh feel in light of your, the conversation you had with with q makes me really good uh it's something i'm going to continue to emphasize so Hopefully I continue to have some big rebounding nights. I think um, I talked about it previously about just rounding out my whole game. And tonight was an example of that. 
Now, this is going to be huge if Klay Thompson can keep this rebounding number up. Might not be double-doubles every single night, but his ability to learn to play like a three this season and now retool, reset how he plays the game of basketball and to be an, a big rebounder now makes this a benefit to the Golden State Warriors. And this was a true testament last night when Kevon Looney was in foul trouble Early on to close out the game, he finished with four fouls for Loon, but eight rebounds for Loon. Another monstrous game for Draymond Green at nine rebounds. Now, the guards last night really rebounded 11 rebounds for Clay himself. And then Dante DiVincenzo, we'll talk about him here briefly. Not his highest scoring game either, either but he was able to crash the boards there. And with Mason Plumlee there at the center position with Ivica Zubac out, for the Clippers, the Golden State Warriors, I think, did a great job at being able to rebound the ball. They hustled and out-hustled the Clippers there, especially in the third quarter. And I think that's ultimately what helped the Warriors basically pull this win out, take the Clippers out of it. The Clippers looked like they almost gave up in this contest. And talking about Russell Westbrook, man, Russell Westbrook, Draymond Green and his defense... He just sagged off of Russell Westbrook, and we'll have some sound later on there from Draymond Green and what his performance was last night and how he's almost back to his incredible form that we're used to Draymond Green ramping it up into the playoffs. But we have to speak on the rising star, J.K. The J.K. show is finally unleashed in Golden State. Now, you know, the injuries here for the Golden State Warriors, of course, we're praying for Andrew Wiggins. It's serious. He's been out for a couple games now, long stretch of games, actually, due to those family issues. And we're hoping for A. Wiggs to be back onto the court here and do his thing. But Jonathan Kaminga, his mid-range game has shown up. And it was tweeted out last night by Tim Kawakami that he was working on that mid-range jumper with defenders in his face and bumping him a lot in pregame shoot-around. And it was evident in the last contest against the Portland Trailblazers for JK, but even last night too. Jonathan Kaminga, his two-way defense is something that is noteworthy. And I saw a graphic that was circulating around Twitter it had the likes, I think, of Derek White on the list there. I want to say maybe even Dylan Brooks. I could be wrong. Some Memphis player was on there of being a top 10 defender in terms of uh, percentile. Uh, and Jonathan Kaminga, I think, was in the top 95% of being able to guard in the perimeter defensively. And not only on the offensive side was it great to see Jonathan Kaminga learn how to, if that lane is closed once he drives, put his head and shoulders down, stop on a dime, and hit that mid-range shot. There was this play last night where, you know, he was coming off of a screen, they hand him the ball, he was dribbling, and then he saw that, hey, no one's getting close to him, so they're just going to leave him, leave him open for a mid-range shot, and he was able to hit it. And this reminds me of the Jonathan Kaminga in Summer League this year to start off in Las Vegas. He was hitting some mid-range shots and was starting to develop. It would be like a couple roll-ins off the rim. But now we're seeing a more smooth-looking Jonathan Kaminga mid-range shot in addition to his three-point shot. And it's just great to see this for JK. When we look at his numbers in the past two games, or past three games even, 13 points against the Minnesota Timberwolves, 16 against the Trailblazers, and 19 last night against um, the Clippers. 
Jonathan Kaminga shooting 50% in all of these games, and he's taking high percentage shots. It's an open three-point look off a couple of passes here from the Golden State team. It's being in the dunker spot, and when Draymond cuts or when Poole is there, he wraps around there in the dunker spot, there in the short corners, almost like a GP2, GP2 type of situation, and he's able to just throw it down. He had that high-flying dunk against the Trailblazers that dunked on four Trailblazer players. That was almost the entire team there Jonathan Kaminga's ceiling has not been reached yet and I am so glad the Warriors did not ship him in a potential OG Ananobi trade with the Toronto Raptors we heard rumors I think they're unconfirmed unconfirmed but Jonathan Kaminga would have had to be part of this package to get OG Ananobi back and Jonathan Kaminga folks let's remind let's remind all of you listening he couldn't even drink legally on the parade floats last year. This kid's only 20 years old and he's showing this potential already. And I remember last season when Draymond Green was out, I said on this podcast that he was going to be that David Lee type of player, right? When Draymond Green went down last season due to those back injuries, Jonathan Kaminga stepped up a bit. And I was comparing the numbers of David Lee coming in for Draymond Green, uh, whatever year that was, and then Jonathan Kaminga doing it for Draymond Green last year. And he did a pretty solid job there. And, you know, later on, Steve Kerr, you know, saw that Jonathan Kaminga was unplayable. But now Jonathan Kaminga, his ability to be part of this rotation now these past couple of games really proves to me that Jonathan Kaminga is going to be a factor here. A lot more to close out the final 19 games of the season, but more importantly, his IQ has developed. You see in these games his ability to pass at the correct time. He was even directing plays last night, knowing and telling players where to go, where to move. All these young guys, these two-way guys, especially in Jerome and Lamb. And I love Jonathan Kaminga. I am gushing over him right now because I am so proud of his development. And it is something that Golden State Warriors, Dub Nation fans, love to see. We'll get to the defensive numbers now here for JK last night. You know, he you know, was on Kawhi Leonard, right? That was a tough assignment on him. And, you know, Kawhi still got his 21 points, 8 of 12, 2 of 3, 3 of 5 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Impressive numbers overall by Kawhi Leonard. But just like Andre Iguodala in the NBA Finals, you know Kawhi's going to get his scoring right, his efficiency right. It's just, can you hold him to under... 30 or 40 points, and that's exactly what Jonathan Kaminga did. You know he's going to score, but limit his scoring and force it to Paul George, who Jonathan Kaminga was guarding for also a good amount of time, and this is where Jonathan Kaminga shined was against Paul George. PG-13 last night, 3 of 15 from the field, finished with only 11 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. Now, when J.K. guarded PG last night, he held him to 1 of 4, from the three-point line, three turnovers, two of nine shooting from the field. You know, he allowed a couple of transition points there, eight points in transition where uh, uh, Paul George got a lot of his points there, of his 11 there, eight of his 11 points in transition. But Jonathan Kaminga, two-way player, two-way star. You pair him up when GP2 comes back and the emergence of Dante DiVincenzo. It is so hard to not be hyped for this Warriors team and what they have showcased so far. Speaking of defense, we got to talk about the defensive maestro himself. Dre is back on his A game. He's been amazing on the defensive end in the past 
four games, but also has been a scoring threat. He has had double-digit points scored in three of the past four games. His ability to shoot that three-pointer when he needs to, and let me say when he needs to, shoot that three-pointer has been on display but his ability to just attack the basket now he drew a couple of fouls last night which i thought was really impressive you know he still loves to do the fake handoff screen go to the basket but his ability in transition too to just push the pace and go and attack the rim when draymond green wants to score and when he's active on the defensive end we know that opens up his ability on the offensive end to be more involved in the game you know be more involved on the offensive offensive end to where he wants to put the ball in the basket and not only set screens or pass the ball or you know coordinate where all the offense should be set up but his ability to personally score and in the past four games Draymond has averaged 11 points eight and a half rebounds 7.3 assists and shooting splits of 64 percent from the field 40 from beyond the arc and 75% from the free throw line. Great numbers there for Draymond Green. Nearly a double-double there. If you really want to stretch it, you know, almost a triple-double. Draymond Green has provided this defensive spark. And we remember early on in the season, Draymond Green talking about, hey, it's just effort. It's just effort from this team. We're not seeing that effort defensively. And when he first said that early on in the season, I'm like, okay, this is just something all NBA players are saying to try to encourage their team that they'll find the click. They'll, fly, they'll find that switch. But I wasn't buying it. I was saying that this is BS. I haven't seen it on the court for this Warriors team at all this entire season. And the numbers do not lie, though. The magic number this season for the Golden State Warriors is holding teams to under 115 points. Their record is 24-3 and when they hold their opponents under 115 points this season. And they've done so in the past four games of this four-game winning streak at home. And it's just incredible to see. It puts a smile to my face to see the Golden State Warriors defense is back. And it was interesting defense, to say the least, against Russell Westbrook last night. Did y'all pick up on it? I mean, Russell Westbrook was just open. Draymond Green was just inside the restricted area, basically. Steve Kerr referred to him as a center fielder patrolling trying Russell Westbrook to force to shoot those threes, which he did, and try to make a pass. Now, let's see what Draymond had to say on the game plan to sag off of Russell Westbrook. ...about sagging off of Russell, uh, Russ on defense. Steve Kerr said that you are the best center fielder in the league. I know defense is underappreciated, but how do you feel knowing that you are doing your job and helping your team get these wins? Oh, it's huge. Um, I mean, you know, that's the game plan. <laughs> Coach texted me last night, and he, or yesterday. He sent me a text like, man, you were great last night. And then he, he hinted that that would be the game plan. And so I'm like, ah, okay, like, this would be interesting. And then we went through it this morning to shoot around and, you know, try to get everybody to grasp the concept. You know, it's very easy to, um, and we did it a few times, it's very easy when a guy is sagging off like that, when a guy catches you, you just rotate to him, you know, and we didn't want to do that. And I think, you know, the game plan worked for us tonight. Uh, you know, we got Russ to miss some shots, but I think when you have a game plan like that, even more so, you know, I know um, everyone always judge Russ jump shot, but what that does to you mentally is tough. 
And I think, you know, it was more so the mental than his shot. He's been shooting the ball well. I think he's shooting a three, like at 33 or 34%. But mentally, that can get tough. And so I thought, um, I thought, you know, we did a good job of sticking with the game plan and we was able to mu uh, muddy the game up for them on, uh, or muck it up on, on the defensive side and it, it ended up working out for us. Do you mean like sagging off gets in his head? Well, necessarily get in his head, but it'll make you think for sure. Um, because you're open every play and you're taught in basketball, you're open, take the shot. But if you're open every play, you kind of start questioning yourself. And so I thought uh, I thought we did a good job executing. It was more mental there that Draymond Green said. And I think he takes personal experience from that situation with Russell Westbrook. Teams sag off of him and force him to shoot that three-point shot. And like Draymond said, after a couple of times, you're like, what do I do? Do I drive? Do I hit the floater? Fortunately, last night, Russell Westbrook just decided to jack it up from three every single time he was open, and that just resulted in bricks and easy boards for this Warriors team to push it on offense. And that's what, you know, the book of Barnett, Jim Barnett says, long miss three-pointers lead to fast break points in transition, and that's exactly what the Warriors tried to do off those Russell Westbrook missed three-point shots. And it's just interesting game plan there. It worked this time against Russell Westbrook. And again, the Clippers winless with Russell Westbrook on the team. And I don't know what the Clippers were thinking there. You know, they were a pretty solid team. Russell Westbrook comes and now they're on this losing streak. Here's Steve Kerr to close it out and explain the sagging off on Russell Westbrook. Yeah, Draymond as a center fielder is, uh, I think, the best best in the league. I mean, there's nobody who can kind of muck up the lane like he can and, uh, you know, just read what's happening, help everywhere he needs to help, and then come in and rebound. Um, I thought the uh, the guard rebounding was a, a really big deal tonight, both Dante and Clay with 11 boards. Clay has um, really made made that a point of focus since the All-Star break to, uh, to get on the glass. And uh, so, uh, you know, between... Draymond and Loon directing the defense, our guards getting back um, on the glass, defending without fouling for the most part, and uh, just staying solid. I think we're, we're finding something. They're finding something, and they're going to find something even more when Steph Curry can potentially return. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but just imagine GP2 coming back as a rebounding guard as well. Dante DiVincenzo, if Clay can keep it up, and then GP2, his high-flying ability to also secure those rebounds. I mean, the Warriors' perimeter defense, can't forget about JK and what he's shown. The perimeter defense is going to be insane, and I will bet any team to try to stop and manipulate and expose the Warriors' perimeter defense. I don't think any team can do that right now, and this four-game winning streak really exemplifies how the Warriors can do that. And they're, they have a tough road ahead. Again, tonight, they'll take on the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, they missed Zion Williamson early in the year. Remember when the Pelicans were number one in the West to start off the season? Um, so that closes out their five-game homestand. So 5-0, and heading onto the road for a three-game road trip against the Lakers, Thunder, and Grizzlies. Then right after that, you get the Bucks and Suns at home before heading on to the road for a five-game road trip, 
starting off with the LA Clippers once again. The road trip here, if the Warriors can build off and go 5-0 here tonight at home and then sweep that road trip to go eight games in a row, that's really going to help in these Western Conference standings. Again, the Warriors at fifth in the Western Conference standings. If they were to close out the season, they would be taking on the Phoenix Suns in the first round, the Kevin Durant Phoenix Suns. And Kevin Durant's going to be returning to Chase Center again when that game comes up. Just a lot of very intense last 19 games here of the NBA season. But a little housekeeping here. We got to talk about the two-way contracts. And after Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb played last night, uh, Anthony Lamb has played 48 of his 50 games allowed at the NBA level. And Ty Jerome has played 44 of the 50 games allowed at the NBA level off of those players' respective two-way contracts. Now, from Anthony Slater a couple days ago, he tweeted out that by the Warriors signing Lester Quinones of the Santa Cruz C-Dubs, it opens an additional 10 games overall by the two two-way players. It extended it from the two Two-way combined player limit from 90 games to 100 games. So there we go. Six more games here for Ty Jerome. Two more games for Anthony Lamb. Most likely what's going to happen is they'll convert Anthony Lamb's contract and then convert Lester Quinones to a two-way contract there. And then we'll see what happens to Ty Jerome. If he's still on the team, what the Warriors want to do there. And of course, we'll close it out with this. The biggest news, Steph Curry is almost back again on this three-game road trip against the Lakers, Thunder, and Grizzlies on Wednesday. Woj tweeted out the Woj bomb and said that Stephen Curry will play in one of those games. But furthermore, from NBC Sports Bay Area's Monty Poole last night, confirmed that Steve Kerr said that Stephen Curry returning against the LA Lakers on Sunday is possible and he added a little twist to it Monty Poole interpreted that as very possible so don't be shocked if we see Steph Curry on Sunday night in LA you know he struggles in that center there uh Staples Center but now the crypt the crypto arena there we'll see what Steph Curry and this Warriors team can do building off the, off that momentum thanks for tuning in to this new edition of Strength and Numbers I'm Brandon Cadiz and until next time Go Dubs! listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.